Okay, that's good. Thank you. We will be calling you. Don't call us. We'll call you. That was a very wonderful addition. Thank you. <laughs> Mozart is proud that his music is being performed. Harmonized. Even in a debauched form, as we just heard. Thank you for sharing your vocal stylings, Sana. And James. Sana, happy Thanksgiving. And to you too. What are you grateful for? Grateful for my vocal stylings. <laughs> I'm grateful for our time together and that we're here together for our first American Thanksgiving together. Short while. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Do Persians celebrate Thanksgiving? Is there like an Iranian equivalent of Thanksgiving? Um, yeah, I think the longest night of the year, uh, which is end of, I think, winter. December, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes cold. So we also get together. We also have either stuffed turkey, stuffed lamb, or I don't know, so much of food. And we don't sleep that night till morning. We recite on poems, and um, we eat lots of nuts, watermelon, and pomegranate. Each of them symbolizes something, so... Yeah, I was pretty much away from that because I was traveling, working other countries, being away from my family as well. Cool. Well, Thanksgiving is uh, probably second to Christmas here in America as far as important holidays. Mm-hmm. And the way that you measure important holidays is, is McDonald's closed? That's how you know how important it is. Really? McDonald's closed? They're closed on... Thanksgiving and Christmas. They're open every single day of the year, except for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Not in Asia. <laughs> well, we're not in Asia. Well. And so if McDonald's is closed, you know it's an important holiday. Right. So I've actually been here on more than a month, but I didn't try McDonald's in America. You haven't been to McDonald's, have you? No. You I tried McDonald's anything. every country I've been. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. You and I went to that one in Hanoi. Yeah. Right by Honkian Lake. That was, as far as McDonald's goes, it was pretty good. Mm. So, once you have American McDonald's, we'll see. That will be the ultimate test. My best, the best McDonald's burger and McDonald's I have been is right in Bangkok. I, I wouldn't exchange that McDonald's with any other. I don't know how McDonald's are here in U.S. I... I, I would bet money that it's not as good as in Bangkok. <laughs> I'm not a betting man, but I would bet that an American McDonald's, especially here in Virginia Beach, is not going to be as swanky as one in Bangkok, Thailand. Mm. I don't know. I feel like in Southeast Asia, because it's such a fast-forward country, um, everything is always, um, you know, all the fast-food chains are also in competition. And in order to stand out, they always give the best service quality. They always promise something, but they always give more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and I noticed that about service in general in Vietnam, South Korea, two places I've lived outside of the, of the U.S. They're, they're just more attentive. I mean, Vietnam, 
on the chart of Southeast Asian country, it's really far from the right. rest of them. But still, you have this kind of a, um, feedback. So imagine if you live in Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, right. that are that have been exposed right. to right. Western culture and food, especially industry. Long yeah, ago. you get you get used to the service over there. When we came here, we got your SIM card for your iPhone at Walmart, and I, I was just thinking, if we were in Asia, we, if we were in Vietnam, getting you a new SIM card for your iPhone, they would take care of everything. They would take your iPhone, and they would open it up, put in the new SIM card, register the new number. And if it's not right. working, they will yeah. say, it's, our, it's on our part, we will take right. care they'll, of it again. And they'll take care of everything. Until we and then, it. And then they'll close it up, put, the, put it back in the case, and then they'll clean the screen for you. Here at Walmart, it was like, here's your SIM card. Now go figure it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, I knew what I was doing because I've done it before. But it's just such a difference between Asia and the U.S. as far as the customer service. The attentiveness that you get over there is just, uh, it's, you just don't get it here anywhere. Unless you're at a five-star restaurant uh, where you're paying $200 a plate. You just you're just not going to get that here in America, and I'm not complaining. I'm observing. It's uh, one of, one of the things that made me appreciate living uh, elsewhere, uh, and that's one of the powerful things about traveling and seeing other parts of the world. You get to see, oh, that's right. Maybe America is not the best at everything, as I was taught to believe in my public school, but. I'm getting controversial now, and we shun controversy on this show. We don't, we don't, we don't get it's controversial. Thanksgiving. We should say thank you exactly. to America. Yes. What What am I thinking? Say for the turkeys. For all the turkeys in America. Well, <laughs> well. Anyway, the reason that I wanted to record this podcast today, here on Thanksgiving Day, is I wanted to share the story of Squanto, and Squanto was one of the. Uh, I guess you call him a Native American. I always in nineteen in sixteen twenty. Yeah, I was. I was. He went on a pilgrimage, right? When I was a kid, I, I was taught that they were Indians, but now it's Native Americans, which I think is more accurate. But I'm. I have it in my mind that they're all Indians, so I always want to say Indians, but it's actually pr- probably more accurate to say Native Americans, people who were here before white people. Yeah, the past is past. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> right. Anyway, he is one of the Native Americans who was uh, instrumental to getting the original, not the original, but the uh, pilgrims who flew over, flew over, sailed over on the Mayflower <laughs> and landed what is now Pl- Plymouth the, Rock. They grew wings. <laughs> and I got this email from, uh, I'm on the email list of uh, Eric Metaxas, who's a great author, great speaker. He's written books on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, William Wilberforce, Martin Luther. He's got a new book called The Letter to the American Church. He's a Christian man, and he writes from the Christian perspective. And he would call him a Christian apologist in, in some ways. But he shared an article that he wrote seven years ago in 2015, uh, and it's titled The Miracle of Squanto's Path to Plymouth. And I'm going to read this short article for you, Sana, and for our listeners, and then we will discuss in detail this article. So, 
Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. The story of how the pilgrims arrived at our shores on the Mayflower and how a friendly Patuxet native named Squanto showed them how to plant corn using fish as fertilizer is well known. But Squanto's full story is not, as National Geographic's new Thanksgiving miniseries Saints and Strangers shows. That might be because some details of Squanto's life are in dispute. The important ones are not, however. His story is astonishing, even raising profound questions about God's role in American history. Every Thanksgiving, we remember that, to escape religious persecution, the pilgrims sailed to the New World, landing at Plymouth Rock in 1620. But numerous trading ships had visited the area earlier. Earlier, Around 1608, an English ship dropped anchor off the coast of what is today Plymouth, Massachusetts, ostensibly to trade metal goods for the natives' beads and pelts. The friendly Patuxets received the crew, but soon discovered their dark intentions. A number of the braves were brutally captured, taken to Spain, and sold into slavery. One of, the, one of them, a young man named Tusquantum, or Squanto, was bought by a group of Catholic friars, who evidently treated him well and freed him, even allowing him to dream of somehow returning to the New World, an almost unimaginable thought at the time. Around 1612, Squanto made his way to London, where he stayed with a man named John Slaney and learned his ways and language. In 1618, a ship was found, and in return for serving as an interpreter, Squanto would be given one-way passage back to the New World. After spending a winter in Newfoundland, the ship made its way down the coast of Maine and Cape Cod, where Squanto at last reached his own shore. After ten years, Squanto returned to the village where he had been born, but when he arrived to his unfathomable disappointment, there was no one to greet him. What had happened? It seems that since he had been away, nearly every member of the Patuxets had perished from disease, perhaps smallpox brought by European ships. Had Squanto not been kidnapped, he would almost surely have died, but perhaps he didn't feel lucky to have been spared. Surely he must have wondered how his extraordinary efforts could amount to this. At first he wandered to another Wampanoag tribe, but they weren't his people. He was a man without a family or a tribe and eventually lived alone in the woods. But his story didn't end there. In the bleak November of 1620, the Mayflower passengers, unable to navigate south to the warmer land of Virginia, decided to settle at Plymouth, the very spot where Squanto had grown up. They had come in search of religious freedom, hoping to found a colony based on Christian principles. Their journey was very difficult, and their celebrated landing on the frigid shores of Plymouth proved even more so. Forced to sleep in miserably wet and cold conditions, many of them fell gravely ill. Half of them died during that terrible winter. One can imagine how they must have wept and wondered how the God they trusted and followed could lead them to this agonizing pass. They seriously considered returning to Europe. But one day during that spring of 1621, a Wampanoag walked out of the woods to greet them. Somehow he spoke perfect English. In fact, he had lived in London more recently than they had, and if that weren't strange enough, he had grown up on the exact land where they had settled. Because of this, he knew everything about how to survive there, not only how to plant corn and squash, but how to find fish and lobsters and eels and much else. The lone Patuxet survivor had nowhere to go, so the pilgrims adopted him as one of their own, and he lived with them on the land of his childhood. 
No one disputes that Squanto's advent among the pilgrims changed everything, making it possible for them to stay and thrive. Squanto even helped broker a peace with the local tribes, one that lasted 50 years, a staggering accomplishment considering the troubles settlers would face later. So the question is, can all of this have been sheer happenstance, as most versions of the story would have us believe? The pilgrims hardly thought so. To them, Squanto was a living answer to their tearful prayers, an outrageous miracle of God. Plymouth uh, Colony Governor William Bradford declared in his journal that Squanto became a special instrument sent of God who didn't leave them until he died. Indeed, when Squanto died from a mysterious disease in 1622, Bradford wrote that he wanted the governor to pray for him, that he might go to the Englishman's God in heaven. And Squanto bequeathed his possessions to the pilgrims as remembrances of his love. These are historical facts. May we be forgiven for interpreting them as the answered prayers of a suffering people and a warm touch at the cold dawn of our history of an almighty hand. So that is Eric Metaxas's recount of Squanto and very fascinating story. I never knew that. Fabulous. I didn't know that, too. So he was sold into slavery. That sounds like the story of Joseph. He's sold into slavery, but he ends up uh, being instrumental to saving the Israelites. That's fascinating. So he's sold into slavery, taken to Spain, somehow wins his freedom, comes back to America. Everyone has died. He's the only survivor, and he is the one that shows the Europeans how to how to survive and build their colony uh, on so-called Christ- Christian principles. We don't know how Christian they were, but that uh, it's a fascinating story. Oh. And maybe the beginning of all the problems in the world. <laughs> that uh, it's interesting how you know I've heard all these stories when I was a child, but now I live in Virginia, and this is right where everything started. Plymouth is in Massachusetts, but Jamestown is down here and it's like an hour away from us. And uh, I went there with Gabriel a couple of years ago. Fascinating how they lived and how they survived. There's tough, tough people. Compared to people today, they, they, we, don't, we don't know what, how good we've got it. To God be the glory. Thank God. We are thanking God for the um, ancestors right. and our history. Because the past kind of related to present and future. We and whatever happened in the past is building us for today and build us for future too. Exactly. We remember the past so that we can uh, learn from it, avoid mistakes from the past, and do better in the future, (laughs) in the present. It's not exactly meme material, but we'll go with that for purposes of our show. (laughs) You won't see that on a meme on Facebook anytime soon, but it'll work for our purposes. Well, I'm glad that I was able to share that story. That was uh, Mm -hmm. good. And I'm grateful for Eric Metaxas. He's a good man. He's a good writer. He has a good heart. And he, um, he's, he's on our dream list to interview on our show. But he's a very busy man, so uh, it, 
may not be for a while, but we're going to keep at it until we can get him to commit to being on a podcast because he's a great, great mind. I'd love to pick his brain about all, there's all kinds of things we could talk about. Anyhow, this was fun. I'm glad we were able to get together on this show and share the story with our listeners, the story of Squanto, like the modern day Joseph. All right, now is the time for our call to action. We're recording this on Thanksgiving Day, and as is customary for American businesses, we have specials for Black Friday. And I am just putting on the finishing touches tonight, Thursday night, and it'll be available probably tonight, but all throughout this weekend through Cyber Monday, which is the 28th of November, I have a series of books audiobooks, and I have As a Man Thinketh, The Go-Getter, Obvious Adams, and Success and Failure, all wonderful books, all for different reasons, and they are on sale. They're all, um, <laughs> they're all uh, available on my Learnistic app, and all you have to do is go to jns.media forward slash Black Friday, jns.media forward slash Black Friday. And these, this series of audiobooks is on sale for Black Friday for $13.96, Each of these could easily go, and it wouldn't be a crime to sell it for 15 bucks a piece. So it's, if you think of it that way, it's $60 worth of audiobooks for less than 15. So it's about 20, I don't know, 23% of the original list, listing price. So, so we have As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, The Go-Getter by Peter B. Kine. We have Obvious Adams by Robert Updegraff, and Success and Failure by Robert Horton. All old classic books but they're reprinted in audio format, narrated by yours truly. Get them for Black Friday for $13.96. JNS.media forward slash Black Friday. All right, my name is James, and on behalf of Sana, we say thank you for pressing play on this episode of Bavushtan, and we will be in your earballs very soon. To get to know James and Sana on a deeper level and to learn how to support our little show, go to Voshdan.com. That's V-O-J-D-A-A-N.com.